Welcome back to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. As a church, we believe that you're made for this, and God has a plan for your life. Here's this week's message. I'm excited to preach today. I got a word that I've been thinking about for a really long time, and I added to it this week. The original word was going to be called peace in the trenches, but I decided to call it power and peace in the trenches. Because I wanted to address why so many people, specifically young people, are just struggling and riddled with anxiety and fear. And I believe that this message is going to help you navigate because at the end of the day, when life is going well, you often have something to be anxious about. Like, can I just be honest? Like, sometimes we get the most anxiety when things are going well. We get the most discomfort when things are going well and uh, uh, Carrying the glory and the goodness of God in your life is difficult. It's not easy. Things get heavy. And God has come so that we might have peace. What's interesting enough is we, we allow the media and, and all the rumors of wars and everything going on in the world to, to, to take away our peace. But Jesus one time said to his disciples, a, a, a literally two paragraphs worth of bad news. You're going to hear wars and rumors of wars, and, and people are going to hate each other, and the world's going to go crazy. And then he ends this thing, I've told you all these things that you may have peace. Why would Jesus give you a list of bad things and say, I'm going to let you know this is going to happen so that you will have peace in the midst of all of it? We're going to read from a passage of scripture where Jesus is riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. Typically, people preach from this on Palm Sunday, which is the week before Easter, but I'm going to preach on this passage today. If you grew up in church, you're familiar with Jesus riding on a donkey and riding triumphantly in Jerusalem, and they literally have a worship service. But you cannot actually interpret that scripture if you don't understand that welcoming uh, esteemed people was a part of ancient culture. I love what Lane was talking about, about study the ways, the ancient ways. Because if you read your Bible and you see Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey and everybody's cheering, you go, okay, that's cool. They were cheering because it was Jesus, it was God. No, that's what people did back then when people thought you were important. They would welcome you into the city. There are scriptures like David and Saul when they rode in back from war. The Bible says that all of Israel was standing. So it wasn't just adults. Kids would come out there. Dignitaries would come out there. And if you were considered to be important and you were away, when you came back, they would welcome you into the city. That's what praise is. It's a triumphant celebration. Jesus is here. We can talk about the presence of God, but we don't welcome the presence of God with our praise. There should be a triumphant celebration of Jesus being in this space right now. And so if you ever been to a concert, uh, my pastor invited me to a Taylor Swift concert once and I don't really know why to this day, but I went. And uh, there was this moment where everybody's kind of chilling before it starts and you ever been to a concert and the lights go down and people go crazy because they know that the person that they're there to see is getting ready to come into the space. That's what worship should be like. We should not have our hands in our pockets. That's why we lift our hands. We are receiving and welcoming Jesus into the space. And so that, that was a custom back then, and it's not a custom now. Matter of fact, this was such a huge custom that one time a Roman official um, named, this brother's name was Virginius Rufus, Virginius Rufus besieged a whole city because he did not feel welcome. So it wasn't, it was major consequences for not welcoming a king. There were major consequences for not welcoming 
a king. This is why the Bible says when Christ returns that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Christ is Lord. What are they prophesying? They're not just prophesying a revelation that everybody will know Jesus is God. They are prophesying a triumphant welcoming of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But you and I, since we're, we, we know Jesus, we're in church, we pave the way for that welcoming. We are the first to receive Jesus, and then one day, just like you receive Jesus in this room right now, you will be, you, we will join all of the heavenly hosts in welcoming Jesus back to his throne on earth. Did you get where I'm going with this? It's so important that we understand. And so when we break this down, we break this down, we start to see that um, this was important in the Bible, how Jesus is welcomed. Because I believe that many of us don't have peace because we're not receiving Jesus in our situation. That we'll clap more if we get a promotion than if God shows up in his presence in our prayer life. Who do you get happier to see? Who do you, who do you really want to get an email from? Who do you really want to be in a movie with? Who do you really want to close a business deal with? And so many times we will treat somebody, we want to network with more honor and respect in Jesus, and that leads to crippling anxiety when there is someone in your life who is more important to you than God. This is a big deal that we would learn to welcome Jesus. Matter of fact, that was so cultural back then that in Luke chapter 9, verses 51 through 56, it says, as the time drew near for him to ascend to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He sent messengers ahead to a Samaritan village to prepare for his arrival. But the people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. The Samaritans hated the Jewish people, so they wouldn't welcome Jesus because they didn't like where he was going and who he's about to hang out with. And so when James and John saw that they did not receive Jesus, they said to Jesus, Lord, should we call down fire from heaven and burn them up? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Other translations says that Jesus says, what kind of spirit do you have? I came to save the world. I'm not here to judge you because you don't lift your hands. I'm not here to judge you because you don't receive Jesus, although you receive Taylor Swift. I'm not here to judge you over that, but I'm saying that Jesus notices who welcomes him because it says, so they went on to another village. If we're going to be in the presence of God, we must welcome the presence of God. All anxiety, you cannot be anxious in his presence. It's not possible because Jesus' presence overwhelms anxiety. And anxiety spiritually means to be pulled in two different directions. It means one day you're good, one day you're not good. One day you're faith, you're filled with faith, the other day you're filled with doubt. And anxiety begins to pull you from one direction to the next. And I'm saying to you, if we would learn to receive Jesus, we would have the peace of Jesus if we receive him with joy and gladness and faith. Come on, clap your hands if you know, I need to learn how to receive Jesus. Come on, you found out Jesus was coming to your house, wouldn't you, res- wouldn't you be ready? You'd be shoving dishes under the sink, you'd be folding up clothes real quick. You wouldn't just be like, come on in Jesus, I know my house is a mess. But here's what's crazy, Jesus doesn't expect you to clean up for him. He expects you to receive him with joy and gladness and he will help you clean up your mess. It, you, we gotta learn to receive Jesus. Jesus showed up today at 9 a.m. 
what time you get here? Nah. <laughs> Jesus was the one who had me make this chocolate. Somebody shout Black Willy Wonk. No, I'm just playing. Don't shout that. I told y'all. Don't listen to me when I say stuff like that. I'm just saying, you imagine if you have an important guest come into your house and you're not there when they arrive? You're not there. No, when you say someone come at three, you know, come on over at three, you're there at 2.30, you're ready to receive them. And so I'm praying that we have a church where whatever service you have, 9, 10, 30, 12, 30, that when Jesus, the presence of God shows up, the moment of the first worship song, Oasis Church is there ready to receive him. Ready to receive him in his presence. I believe for me, this is the biggest space of my anxiety is I receive expectations from other people. I receive expectations on myself. I receive criticism. I receive judgment. And some seasons I receive praise from people who take it away when they're no longer happy. And I need to learn if I want to overcome anxiety and have the peace of God to receive Christ. The Bible says we're all who receive him are the children of God. And this is so important. The disciples said, if they don't do this right, should we burn them up? And Jesus said, no, 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 we're, we're good. We're good. After Jesus had said a few things like this in Luke 19, the Bible says he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent his two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt, a donkey tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. No one's ever ridden it, untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you are untying it, say the Lord needs it. Those who were sent went and found just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, the owners asked him, why are you untying the colt? And, and, and he said, the Lord needs it. The Lord needs it. Like the power and, and, and peace in the trenches. What's interesting about this, and I know you guys know this, I am an animal expert. Watch a lot of Discovery Channel. And uh, uh, donkeys are known to be stubborn animals. And they're not stubborn animals. They're just, they just don't go anywhere if they don't know the rider. Somebody say, I don't know you like that. So a trained horse, you can jump on a trained horse and a trained horse will go wherever you want it to go. I've never been horseback riding, never will, but this is what I've heard. Um, <laughs> Um, but a trained horse will go anywhere you tell it to go for the most part. A donkey only goes where its owner tells it to go. A donkey, you get on a donkey, a donkey will go, I don't know you like that. And it will not move. And you think it's being stubborn, it just doesn't know you. A donkey moves through relationship. Then also they have to be trained. So a donkey that's never been ridden has to be prepared. Something special has got to happen. I've never trained a donkey, but a lot of stuff has to happen to get a donkey to move. You don't just jump on a donkey that's never, been, that's never been ridden. You just don't do that. And the donkey's not gonna take you. And if you did do it, the donkey would go where it wants to go. See, some of us have Jesus in our life, but we don't have peace because we're, we're going where we wanna go. We're taking Jesus with us, but we're the donkey going a different direction. We're not ushering Jesus into a community. We're not ushering Jesus into our schools. We're not ushering Jesus into our connect groups. We're not ushering Jesus. Jesus is with us, but we're the donkey going where we want to go because we are untrained. But this donkey did something different. The moment the donkey gave Jesus a place to sit, now the power of Jesus was on the donkey, and now the donkey went against its nature because of the power of God. <laughs> 
Untie it. I'm going to prophesy over someone that the Lord will untie you in this season. You're bound up in your shame. You're bound up in your guilt. You're bound up in your regrets from your past. I want to prophesy over someone that the Lord is going to untie you in this season, and you're going to do things that go against your nature. You're not going to have to be trained. You're not going to have to go to Bible college. You're not going to have to figure it out. God is going to use you to do the supernatural things that you've never done before, and it's going to shock the city and shock the world if you would just give Jesus a place to sit. That is the power of God. I can't preach about peace until I talk about you doing stuff in your own strengths. You do stuff in your own strength. I've been doing things in my own strength and I didn't even know it. I didn't know it. I thought, I, I thought this was all God. I thought this was all God. I do some things in my own strength. You know how I can tell that when I do things in my own strength? I get mad when people don't appreciate it. Oh, look at me. Oh, I said this. Listen. I get upset and frustrated when people don't appreciate or acknowledge what I've been doing. Well, if, it was, if I wasn't doing it on my own strength, wouldn't I get mad that they weren't appreciating what God was doing through me? But no, it's, I, I did that. Look at how many people I helped. Look at, look at what I'm doing. Look at, look at how many people that I, and look, look what they do after I've done it. Look at what they, no, God's like, what are you doing? They're doing that to me, not you. Well, you, you don't get mad for something that wasn't you. Why do you want them to appreciate you for what I did through you? I gave you those resources. I gave you that message. I gave you the ability to hire people. I gave you the ability. What, what are you getting mad at people because they don't do what you want them to do? Didn't I do that through you? Then let me be mad. You're not holy enough to be mad. <laughs> Talking about this righteous anger. anger. You, you, you smoke weed. You don't have righteous anger. <laughs> Stop. No, it's righteous anger. No, it's not. You think it's you. And so I lose peace when I'm not operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know the church did not start with the Bible? I know pastors try to tell I love the truth of God's word, but the church did not start with the Bible. The church started with power. He didn't say wait and we're going to do a Bible study so you can learn what it is. He said, no, wait and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit, some of you have the dream, but you don't have the power. You got the vision for the business, but you didn't wait on the power. You got the vision, you know who you wanna marry, you know who you wanna be with, but you're doing it in your own strength. You didn't wait on the power. You know what the power is? The divine ability to do it. So God gives you a divine vision, a divine dream, a divine purpose, a divine assignment, and then he asks you to wait on him so he can give you the divine ability to do it. But most of us are operating in a divine dream with our human ability, and we wonder why we have anxiety and no peace. You don't have any peace because you don't have the power of God operating in your life. And I would argue with you, most of us don't even have a dream. We have a comparison. We want to do something someone else is doing. But we need to be donkeys that have never been written. God wants to do something in your life that's never been done. So how can you be frustrated? You haven't even seen before what God wants to do in your life. Remember, Noah built a boat and it hadn't even rained. Can you build a boat 
for a flood of something that's never happened. You've never had money, but God wants you to build a budget and an accountability system so he can flood finances in your life. And you have never even had money and you gotta build a boat for a flood when it hasn't even sprinkled. We need church members that'll build a boat for a flood when it hasn't sprinkled. It's not even drizzling and get ready for a flood. That's the power of God that can make you do that. And the power of God was on Noah so strong that crocodiles knew it was God. Lions knew it was God. Penguins knew it was God. So God didn't destroy the earth because people were so wicked. If you ever are in a place and a lion and a gazelle get on a boat at the same time and the lion doesn't eat a gazelle, you better get on the boat if the preacher is saying it's God. You better get on that boat. This is the power of God. Man, I prayed this weekend for the power of God. My wife woke me up this morning. She prayed the power of God. I don't want to preach in my own ability. I don't want to be married in my own ability. I don't want to be a father in my own ability. I don't want to be a child of God in my own ability. Jesus, I need the power of God in my life or I will not have the peace of God in my life. And somebody's in the trenches right now and you're praying for a ladder, not the power. You're praying for an instrument to help you climb out of what you feel like you got yourself into. But if God led you in it, he can lead you out of it. Psalm 23 says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for the Lord is my shepherd. He's leading me. You cannot have peace if you do not have the power of God. What area of your life are you doing it on your own? And we love to call our friends and process. You better stop processing outside of the presence because the devil loves to help you process. Is this too deep? Somebody shout Black Willy Wonka, we'll break the ice. Black. That's hilarious. I'm, I'm gonna say that every service. If you wanna hang out for the 1030, I'm saying that every service. The power of God. Jesus got on a donkey and the power of God made the donkey do something. Do you know there's an Old Testament story that has the same thing? 1 Samuel 6, verses 7 through 12, they were carrying in the presence of God. This wasn't Jesus at the time. It was the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God. And they had this big meeting on how to get the Ark of the Covenant to prove that this presence of God belonged back in Jerusalem. And here's the instructions. Now build a new cart and find two cows that have just given birth to calves. Make sure the cows have never been yoked to a cart. Do you see that same context? The cows have never been used to pull anything, and now they have newborn calves. And if you're an animal expert like me, you know that cows would never leave their newborn calves. Never. They stay by them until the calves are old enough to walk and do all this stuff. And it said, make sure the cows have never been yoked to a cart. Hitch the cows to the cart but shut their calves away from them in a pen. Put the ark of the Lord on the cart. Put the presence of God on the cart. And beside it, place a chest containing the gold rats and gold tumors you are sending as a guilt offering. Then let the cows go wherever they want. If they cross the border of our land and go to Beth Shemesh, we will know it was the Lord that brought this great disaster upon us. If they don't, we will know it is not his hand that caused the plague. It came simply by chance. What are they saying? If the calves leave, 
If the cow leaves their calves that they just had and go into the direction of where the Lord is, now we know that was God because cows don't do that. Sometimes you know it's God because you're doing something that you don't normally do. Oh, you normally hold a grudge, but now you forgive. You normally get stressed, but now you have peace. You normally complain, but now it's nothing but gratitude. You normally put your hands in your pocket, but now you lift your hands and worship. You don't learn to do it. The presence of God hits you and you immediately do it because of the power of the Lord. It says these instructions were carried out. Two cows were hitched to the cart and their newborn calves were shut up in a pen. Then the ark of the Lord and the chest containing the gold rats and gold tumors were placed on the cart. And sure enough, without veering off in other directions, the cows went straight along the road toward Beth Shemesh, lowing as they went, which means that they were crying out. They were, they were crying out for their calves, but they could not help but go where God wanted them to go. Some of you have been crying over the breakup, but I'm praying that the power of God will make you, you cannot help. You ain't gonna go back. You're gonna go towards what God has for you. Some of you are crying about something you lost, and I hear you, but it's only the power of God that can help move you forward. You can't go where God wants you to go if you don't have the power of God in your life. Because there's always somebody or something that you feel so attached to that if you go towards God, you have to leave them or that. And you cannot leave something that's intrinsically attached to your soul if the power and presence of God is not on you. Every place that God takes you prophetically, he has you leave somewhere prophetically. And only the power of God can do that. And some of you are in a season where you know God's bringing you forward, but you're trying to gather all your trifling and get everybody to go. Every time you elevate, you lose friends. I'm about, to, I'm about to throw this chocolate bar. You ever notice that? Every time you go to the next level, people don't go with you. They try to hold you down. And, and you, you, you call it being Christ-like, but I, I want to warn you. Brother Macy, Sister Macy, not Brother Macy. Sister Macy, can I borrow you for a second? I know you would hate this, but you're the first person I thought of. So... Uh, can I, can, if, if, I, if God takes me to the next level, can I pull Macy up here? I don't care how, I'm stronger than Macy, not much, man. Dang, girl. <laughs> Working out. Like, that grip is crazy. But I can't pull Macy up here. No matter how hard I try, I can't pull Macy. But if Macy wants to pull me down there, it's a lot easier for someone to pull you down. Who am I preaching to today that you better let go of that person's hand But you can't. He's like, oh, that's not loyal. That's not. No, no. You, it, the power of God will help you do what you don't normally do. And if you're not doing what you wouldn't normally do, you don't have the power of God. If you don't have the power of God, you'll never have the peace of God. You should be unrecognizable year after year. You should not be able to say, people should have to get to know you. You should be transforming and changing so much people don't even know you. I can't preach about the peace of God. I don't preach about the power of God because everybody does things in their own strength. And we, 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 don't, we don't say, God, if it's, not, if it's not you, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. 
And so Jesus is, is literally riding into Jerusalem on this cult, and this cult is operating under the power of God. Verse 37 says, when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples begin to joyfully praise God. They're welcoming him in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. And they said, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples because they didn't like that they were acknowledging him as God. And he says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. You know that song we do in the church? Ain't no rock, ain't no rock, ain't no rock gonna cry in my place. And you're like, what does that mean? That's it. That's where it comes from. So somebody read that verse and just started, ain't no rock. All right. This is the only verse where that's mentioned. So that's what they're talking about. It basically means God doesn't need your worship. Worship is how we welcome him. And wherever Jesus is welcome, Jesus loves to stay. How long do you stay in a place you don't feel welcome? All right, I'm just gonna keep going. Keep going. As he approached Jerusalem and he saw the city, he wept. Why? So I want you to catch this. Power and peace in the trenches. Jesus is riding on a donkey in Jerusalem. The Bible says they lay down palms, down, they're singing Hosanna in other translations in the highest. It is literally a church service. Jesus is on a donkey. The power of God has hit the donkey and, and they start singing their worship song and, and, and they start singing their worship song. They, they say glory to God in the highest of heaven. Excuse me, they say glory to God in, in, in the heavens and then they say and, and, and peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Verse 38, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. This is a song they're singing. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord and peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And the Bible says that Jesus immediately began weeping. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city. I'm like, why is Jesus crying and they're singing about him? Why is he crying and they're, they're, they're singing about him? They're literally saying, look, look how beautiful this song is. Is, is blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And he says, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. Jesus is crying because in a worship service where everybody is singing hallelujah, King Jesus they don't know the way to peace. Jesus realized in the moment that they think he's there to shift their immediate circumstances and bring them out under the control of Rome and make everything now be good and that's what would lead them to peace. And he starts bawling his eyeballs out because God's people are clapping, God's people are listening to sermons, God's people are going to connect groups, God's people are going to team conference, God's people are worshiping, but God's people don't have peace. And he's not crying because they don't have peace, he's crying because the way to peace is in front of them and they can't see it. I just, I don't know why Jesus started crying at the song, though. Is why did he start crying at the song? Why did he start crying at the song? And a few years ago when I read this passage, I asked God, but why did the song make him cry? 
And I don't want to act like I'm some crazy prophet, but I felt the Holy Spirit say to me because Jesus had heard it before. And it had the wrong lyrics. And I'm not kidding, this is one of the only times this has ever happened to me. I invite the team to come up. This is one of the only times this has ever happened to me when I'm reading the Bible where literally the Holy Spirit says, turn your Bible to Luke chapter 2. Jesus heard this song before. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 11, it says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. So Jesus is a baby. And all of a sudden, the heavens opened up and the heavenly choir, just like in Luke 19, starts to sing, but Jesus is not on a donkey. Jesus is in a manger wrapped in cloths and he hears people singing, but it's not the people singing. This time, it's angels singing. And they sing the exact same song. In verse 14, it says suddenly a great, verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And it was in that moment that I had maybe a clue, I'm not sure of what made Jesus cry. Because when the people sang the song, they said glory to God in the highest and peace in heaven. The angels said peace was here. The people said peace was there. That we need to wait. We need to wait until we get to heaven and then we'll have peace. You know how many people die and we say they're in a better place? That's not the Bible. The Bible says with Jesus, you can be in a better place right now. We're supposed to make things on earth as it is in heaven. So if there's peace in heaven, there's peace on earth. And I believe Jesus, you ever seen people sing songs and they get the lyrics wrong? I believe it's possible. I can't prove it, but it's possible Jesus was weeping because they got the song wrong. It wasn't glory to God in the highest and, and peace in heaven. It was glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. Peace is here. Peace is a person. And his name is Jesus. The Lord told me to tell you, you're getting the song wrong. Peace is here. And you know that word for peace it is beautiful. One of the descriptions as I did a Bible study is this, the tranquil state of the soul, assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing and content with everything. Fearing nothing and content with everything everything. So if peace is the tranquil state of the soul, assured of your salvation, then why do we have so much anxiety and depression and fear is because there's something else in the world that we're not sure about that's more important than being sure about our salvation. So you have anxiety when you're not sure about how this job's going to work out. You have anxiety when you're not sure about how this relationship is going to work out. You have anxiety when you're not sure if you're going to be accepted. You have anxiety when you're not sure. But the Bible says that peace comes from being sure that because I put my faith in Jesus, 
Come on, because I put my faith in Jesus, I'm not sure about this next season. I'm not sure about 2024. I'm not sure about what's going on in my life right now. I'm not sure about the job. I'm not sure about what's happening in my family. I'm not sure about my parents. I'm not sure. Come on, I'm not sure. But one thing I'm sure about is that because I believed in my heart and confessed with my mouth, I am saved and I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. So I refuse to have anxiety because I'm not sure about this person over here. I'm not going to have anxiety because I'm not sure about what this person thinks about me. I am sure that I am saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. You don't have peace because there's something else you're not sure about. And you keep asking God for clarity and God's not giving it to you. Because faith is assurance in God. You don't need an email to find peace. You don't need a promotion to find peace. You don't need to know. God works on a need to know basis. And he told me to tell you, you don't need to know. One of the favorite verses, we love to put it on coffee mugs and memes. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Somebody say prosper. Give you a future and a hope. For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Give you a future and a hope. For I know the plans I have for you. But it doesn't say he's going to tell you. He says, I got the plan. I got the plan. Come on, anybody been in a car recently with somebody you love and you're going to get something to eat and you're already driving and you haven't decided yet? You're just in the car. You're like, where are we going, Blesso? I don't know, where you want to go? Chipotle, nah, we had that last week. You already, you're driving and you don't know where you're going. But if a stranger tried to pick you up and say, you want to go somewhere, you'd be like, where are we going? I'm not getting in the car with you. Stranger, don't treat Jesus like a stranger. If you can get in the car with your boyfriend, y'all ain't know where you going, you get in the car with Jesus. We love to make songs like Jesus take the wheel. What was you doing driving in the first place? No, no, not Jesus take the wheel. Cause some of us, we say that Jesus take the wheel. What's that song by that, who, who sang that? Who? Cardi B? Yeah, Cardi B song, Jesus take the wheel. You better not pray that, because Jesus is going to make a U-turn and take, turn, turn that car around and go in a completely opposite direction of where you was driving the car. Because he knows you don't have peace. I imagine that Jesus in worship today was crying because people are in here believing God for something and thinking that what they're believing God for is the way to peace. And LA churches spend so much time believing for that they forget to believe in. The one God, glory to God in the highest of heavens and peace on earth. Peace is right here and it's available. Peace is right here and available.
And I'm praying for somebody right now that you worried about something. You worried about your debt. You worried about finances. And the Lord will never bless your finances to give you peace. He will give you peace and then bless your finances. He will. Because some of y'all are praying for a God. It's your God. He wants you to have peace right now. So if you've been struggling with anxiety, you've been struggling with depression, if you've had suicidal thoughts, if you've been going to therapy for five years and it's not working, please keep going to therapy. But I wanna pray supernaturally that the presence of God would rest on you and that you would start operating in the power of God and that you would have the peace of God. Peace is available here right now. If you've been struggling in this area, I want you to lift your hands, just be bold and honest and admit, Pastor, I've been struggling. Pray for me right now. Pray for you as you feel led. Maybe you feel led to come up front and I'll pray for you and lay lay hands on you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the peace of God. The peace of God. And it can only happen if we're sure that we're saved. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're sure that we're saved. And so right now, if you need to come to the Lord and you need to be saved, saved from your sin, saved from your failures, saved from your discouragement, and you say, I want to receive Jesus right now. I want, to, I want to change my ways. I want to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can come forward and receive Jesus right now. We're praying for the peace of God right now to overwhelm people, for Jesus, for people to give Jesus a place to sit right now. No more anxiety, no more fear, no more depression in the name of Jesus today. You are set free, and the Bible says who the Son sets free is free indeed. Come on, clap your hands and Praise God for people getting set free today. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Anybody else not have the peace of God today? Anybody else not have the peace of God today? We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus, for the peace of God. A wholeness that can only come for you. Come on, can some people begin to pray? I'm going to come down and pray too. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus peace of the Lord. The peace of the Lord. Come on, just lift your hands to the heavens right now and just spend some time with Jesus. He is here. Wherever Jesus is, there's freedom. Whenever Jesus is, peace is available. We thank you, God. The power and peace of God. We thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share with a friend. To join us on the journey of being present, connected, and generous, visit oasisla.org connect. We love you so much, and we'll see you soon.